This week on Erotic Awakening, Flesh Hooks, Edge Walkers, and The Penis Game. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find these topics and all things day in and dawn at eroticawakening.com. <laughs> Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So we are currently recording from a hotel room in Sedona, Sedona, Sedona Arizona, where we are uh, taking a bit, a tiny little vacation after the um, conference that we just finished. We are. So we've been driving through the mountains and checking out the desert, and Sedona area actually had a little bit of snow last night, so it's uh, we're in Arizona, but it's actually pretty goddamn cold right now. <laughs> Wishing I'd brought my coat. <laughs> it, it was a little bit chilly today. Uh, mm. We just wrapped up the Southwest Leather Conference, and we got to meet a lot of really cool people out there. And and spend time with people we don't usually get to spend time with. Yeah. So we ran into a, um, a few people that we already know. A couple from um, the Utah retreat we did two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And just um, some fascinating people. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As well as uh, people we haven't seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very cool. And the... Got a bunch of great interviews from that, which we'll be sharing, including one of them today, where we're going to share a interview with Elwood with the um, Edgewalkers, Edgewalkers. right? But before we get into all that, we're going to talk about our our experience. My first experience being flesh hooked. I think it's yours too. It is my first experience of being flesh hooked. I've had needles before, but I've never had um, hooks. Put in me to hang myself by. Is yours still sore? Yes, mine mine's is still, still sore. sore. So yes, but uh, so I bruised up. Uh, I don't know that I bruised up. Well, hell, that one looks like it's disappeared. Uh oh, may have to do this again. <laughs> you feel free. <laughs> I am not like feeling any desire to go do it again. <laughs> uh, so we, when we say flesh hooks, we quite literally mean hooks that go through your flesh. In our case, we both got one through. Uh, each side of our chest, so two that were then hooked up to a rope, which was then hooked up to a carabiner. And then that carabiner, we could hook it up to the drums that were being played, we could hook it up to other people, we could hook it up to groups of people, we could hook it up to the wooden portals. Well, they call it a portal, but it's like a a huge frame made out of trunks with, with carvings all over it, and, you know, just... It was amazing. We could and did do all that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. We have a okay. tiny bit of business to knock out first. Um, I do want to mention that um, if you go out to um, the Kitty Kavanaugh and her Wild Fantasies Word, WordPress website, you will see that she did a review of, uh, well, she didn't do a review. She listened to our podcast on the sexy bucket list. Ooh, nice. And she came up with her own sexy bucket list, which has, um, in no particular order, 42 items, which is great. Uh, so That's pick, about how many mine is right now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So pick a number between 1 and 42. 18. So one of the items on her I sexy bucket hers. list yeah. is... I might get some ideas. Made to come in a public place like a restaurant. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. So I'm trying to think if I've ever done that before. I mean, I've done it in Been parking made to lots. Come in a par- and yeah, and parking girls. lots and stuff, but I don't know about... Parks. In a restaurant, though. Not in a restaurant, but on picnic tables in parks. How about the bathroom of a restaurant? No, I've never been... I've never been made to come. Have I come? I've made myself. So yes, that would count. So you can I've find that at work too. I just know how to be quiet. Good to know. So you got paid to come. Yeah, I guess you can look hmm. at it that way. You can find that at kittykavanaugh.wordpress.com. Okay, I, I was hoping you were going to give me another number or let me pick another number. We have our own bucket oh, list to talk true. about shortly. That's true. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about? I, I before we get, I really want to talk about these flesh hook things and talk mm-hmm. about edge wa- edge walkers. Uh, wonderful interview with Elwood coming up. 
I guess that we do want to mention real quickly that, oh, you know what? I did post an excerpt to the Pocket Guide to Flirting on our Patreon site. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we, that was one of those books we started and never actually got finished. Um, I was poking around the other day and I said, well, look at this. A little bit of flirting information, how to flirt. So we put that on, on the uh, okay. Patreon site. And maybe after we finish the Polly book, we can look at the flirting book again and see if it speaks to us. So, yeah, that was supposed to be a small book and just... Never really spoke to us like Living MS did. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe we'll get that out there at some point. I did want to say that um, Southwest Leather Conference mm-hmm. is also a title event. So, um, there was a couple that was running for Southwest Master and Slave, right? Absolutely. So, I would like to send congratulations to Master David and Slave Bren, who we got to spend a little bit of time with and chit-chat with. And um, so, pretty cute couple. Absolutely. Cute. Is cute the right word? They were good together. Yes. So, yeah. So, glad they won. So, congratulations to them. And I think they, because it's so close to the 2018 International Master and Slave Contest, I think they have to wait till 2019 before they actually run in the international contest. Oh, so they have a 14-month loop. Right, nice. instead of a one-month loop or a two-month loop. So, yeah, so they'll get to hold this title for a little while, and then they get to run international next year, I believe is how they set that up to work. So, so very cool. So we're going to blow off the rest of these notes and go directly into this whole flesh hook thing. Okay. We just did this, was it just yesterday? Wow, what is today? Was. Today's Monday. Yeah, yeah, it was yesterday. So the Holy way cow. it works, in general, it's from one, and this was uh, called the Dance of Souls, and it was the um, last day of Southwest Leather Conference. Which is toted as the Woo Conference of Leather, mm-hmm. and definitely lived up to its name. I mean, I went to more rituals and more meditations than any other event that I've been to that wasn't specifically a spiritual or pagan mm-hmm. festival. So that was pretty amazing. And our classes went really well, too. Oh, they did, as a matter of fact. Our Pali class and our, and our MS class. And, so. and we have a couple of interviews from Southwest Leather Conference we that we'll be able to share more about the conference itself. But the Dance of Souls starts on Sunday. It goes from... Like one fifteen is when the smudging starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it goes until 6.30 that yeah. night. So that is quite a, you know, quite a number of hours. That right? is quite Going. a number of hours. Absolutely. How many people do you think were there? I'd say about 140. So 140 of you go in. There's an opening ritual. There is, uh, I don't know, eight, nine, ten drummers. And oh, these yeah, are not big just big drummers. Yeah, yeah. These are the big drums and um, a group that they bring in as drummers. There's a lot of people that are just holding space, just there to experience what it's like. Mm-hmm. But easily, most of the people, most of those 140 people lined up and went through a process of having um, a variety of flesh hooks inserted into their bodies. They had at least 10 piercers, mm-hmm. and plus those piercers had assistance. Mm-hmm. And then um, all these piercers have been trained on how to do this, have done it before. And, um, yeah, people, some people got flesh hooks, some people got needles, some people did the, the little forehead needle, the third, eye, the needle. third yeah. eye, I might yeah. try that next time, I didn't know that was an option. Some people had things sewn onto them, like bells, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so that when they danced, you know, they could dance with the, with the bells on their bodies. Some people got the hooks on their chest, some people got them on their back. Um, saw one person with them through her belly. Yeah, I saw flesh. that too. Yep. Um, I saw another guy with it just at the heart chakra. He had one hook, and it was at the heart chakra. So yeah, so some amazing, amazing stuff. And, it is. Yeah. It is so funny that I'm sitting here now being squirmy about this, <laughs> as if I haven't already done it. Right. Like it's coming up still. Um, and uh, you know, it's hard to. How would you describe these hooks? I. I you know, they're not fish hooks, obviously, but they look like fish hooks to me. It's it's a hook, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like that. It's a really thick, probably three inches long is what I would say. The hook itself is probably uh, an inch wide, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. We'll have pictures. Yes. Maybe we should post the pictures of, of what they look like. So, oh, good idea. Um, yeah, I like that idea. 
So po post the pictures of what they look like. And um, yeah, I'm still hurting. I'm still bruised right here where they yeah. were put in. Yeah, I'm still bruised. But um, I really wanted, um, I had I had understood that that Ty Z, Master Z, was going to be, you know, throwing some hooks and uh, hooking people. And I really wanted him. I love his energy. And then I found out he wasn't. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really know anybody else. So I'm going to go with the universe mm -hmm. and see what happens. And, and, we, and we can't say who actually did the hooking. Oh, that's true. That's true. We don't have their permission. But um, it was amazing. They connected with me. Mm -hmm. and, and first I saw that they got you. So it was very unusual because I was next in line. Right. It's actually very unusual that I got the same person as mm -hmm. you. Because, like I said, there was 9, 10, 11 other people throwing hooks. So it could have been anybody. But um, I got the same person as you. And I saw you survived. So, <laughs> And I've, I've done needles before, right? I've done regular needles before and absolutely love the endorphins. But these things are bigger, right? And they go deeper in your chest so that they don't rip. Mm -hmm. So they actually go into your muscle instead of... <laughs> your scram, face. Scram. They actually go into the muscle instead of just into the the skin layers, like a lot of people just you know do with needles. Mm -hmm. And um, so I knew it was going to be more intense. I knew it was going to burn. I knew, um, yeah. But I also knew my endorphins were going to kick in because of my experience with regular needles. So, and I saw you go first. You survived. <laughs> you seem very proud of yourself, too. Did I? Yes, yes. So you seem very proud of yourself. Like, I did it. I did it. Hmm. And um, so I got this person, and um, I went to close my eyes, and they're like, no, no, look at me. I want to make a connection, right? And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking at you. She goes, everything's okay. She's like, just breathe. And I, and I breathed with her, and I'm like, so it's okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to she, – she's like, I'm an empath, Right? So I'm going to feel everything you feel. So if you cry, I'm going to cry. If you scream, I'm mm -hmm. going to scream. Don't freak out with it. It's okay. It's just that if I start crying, I want you to know that it's because I can feel your emotions, not because of anything else. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can deal with that. I said, as long as you can deal with me squeezing your legs. And she's like, I can deal with that. And she's probably got a good fingerprint <laughs> on her thighs because that's what I did. But uh, she got some moans out of me that instantly tripped me into, into subspace. So that was awesome. Cool. And then the person that was tying the ropes onto the fish hooks, mm -hmm. she saw the look in my eye too. So she was just grinning and pulling on them a little bit, pulling on the hooks as she was putting the ropes in. And yeah, that was really cool. Cool. So did you go to subspace? What kind of space does... What kind of space? You may not know what subspace feels like. I mean, you guys have your dom space, which I don't know if it's the same or different, but the, so what kind of space did you get? Well, it was... To me, it was... I, I don't know that it was subspace or dom space or either. Um, I mean, I was really... I'm not a fan of pain. I did not mm -hmm. dig the whole idea of this. Up until being in line... I was still not a hundred percent sure I was going to go through with it, but figured really one of the things, and and we have this interview with Elwood coming up. But one of the things that Elwood said um, was, "Am I going to regret not doing it when I wake up on Monday?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I probably, you know." So got to eat the orange, and um, you're right. The person that did it was fantastic. Um, it was so she said, "Take a deep breath. Take a second deep breath, and zoop." Mm -hmm. In goes, and I was like, whoa, but, and we're totally done at that point. But unfortunately there was a second hook. So we had to put the second <laughs> hook in. And, um, for me, the experience, I mean, I laughed a lot. I had giggles a lot. Oh, once the hooks were in and you were on yeah, the floor. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of giggling. And I did, um, pull on them some hooked up to the drums, hooked up to the portal, hooked up to you, hooked mm -hmm. up to a group of people and did some pulling, but. Um, not nearly to the extent of some of the people out there. But th one of the things that I took away from it is it didn't matter, mm -hmm. right? There, it did not feel like anybody was in a contest. Anybody was trying to show off. Anybody was, you know, trying to um, express how tough they were, how much they can handle. Everybody was in their own headspace or mm -hmm. their own trip. But it was also a group dynamic that, really was neat to be part of 
Um, I got the drum some, and that was really cool. Um, and the big difference for me is that normally when I go, and obviously you and I have been to a million and a half dungeons and seen a million and a half scenes at this point. Um, but and normally the really extreme type stuff, uh, extreme pain or or things that have blood dripping out of it, I try to shy away from. And as I told you before, you know, this time I was cool with all that. I was just observing, seeing people, um, you know, in this really ecstatic state and these yeah. pain states. And mm -hmm. it didn't feel like any of it was wrong or anything that I needed to be worried about. It was just walking around and, ex and experiencing being with all that. It was really, that part was, I have to admit, was pretty neat. It, it really was. So did it help you? Because I know you had a fear of um, the hooks pulling out or ripping, mm -hmm. right? Because I remember you asking a couple of people if, if, you, you know, if anybody had ever ripped before. And so did it help you when that woman came over, when that person came over to you in line mm -hmm. and let you pull their ropes? Yeah, absolutely. One, um, one of the attendees who was actually one of the presenters there asked me to, to hold the, the carabiner that was attached to the ropes, that was attached to the hooks in their chest. And they pulled against, so I, they said, I just held still, but they were pulling against the hooks. And um, they actually said something, oh, come on, you pussy, can't you hold it, or something like that. <laughs> so I had to change my grip on it, and they were really tugging on it. And, um, yeah, that did help. I, I guess I guess that was one of my fears that, that it would, they would pop out. Yeah, because as soon as you were done, you looked at me and you're like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually watched somebody that um, had hooks in his back and he got on all fours. He hooked to one of the top hooks of the portal mm -hmm. so that he, he was they were coming straight down. And he got on his hands and knees under the portal and then kind of got off of his hands. Oh, so he was just on his knees. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, yeah, those hooks weren't going anywhere. I mean, he was literally able to hang like that for a while. And some of the journey guides, mm -hmm. which are the people that help facilitate and, and keep an eye on everything while it's going on and help people on their journeys if, if there's something that they need to transcend. And um, so a couple would come over and watch him and just make sure he was okay. And, you know, and then he absolutely was. So start drumming again and move on to the next person and, mm -hmm. you know, just make sure. So there was a lot of um, uh, uh, journey guides, like I said, that, that were walking around and just keeping an eye on things. And then there was other facilitators that um, would have like these O-rings, right? These huge uh, uh, suspension rings. Mm -hmm. And people would take their car carabiners. Am I saying that right? Carabiners? Sure. And hooking it to these O-rings so that you would have a group of people pulling against this ring. And, and then, each other. And each other, right. So these facilitators would go in the middle of this group where this, this big ring is and would push the ring up so that everybody could pull against it even tighter. Or would push it down to give it a different direction. And uh, they invited me in. So I hooked into one of those and um, I'm still brand new, so I wasn't pulling on it as, as hard as some of the other people were, mm -hmm. and, um, but which was perfectly fine. Everybody was allowed and encouraged to go at their own pace. So, But as that ring was pushed up and it pulled against me, I would just hold on to my little ropes mm -hmm. right, right near the hooks so that it wouldn't pull <laughs> as hard on the hooks as as what other people were doing but you know that was fine and then I'd let go a little bit just to experience what it was like to have that hard of a pull and then and then when they were getting ready to push it up again I was like ah hold and unhooked my carabiner and that was fine mm. and they they closed the circle and they kept doing what they were doing and I went over to the drums and a hook to the drums and then pulled back on the drums so that vibration mm -hmm. was going. So I'm on my knees. As most people were sitting, but I was on my knees and leaning back and and pulling on that drum. And then a drummer would come down with a drumstick and just kind of bing, 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 bing on the rope mm -hmm. going to your hooks and make it vibrate a little bit more. 
shit. The drummers were in ecstasy. They loved the looks on people's faces that were hooked to their drums, you know, and leaning and pulling and feeling those vibrations. And so, and just, but you're right. It was kind of like an ecstatic party atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. There was. I expected it to be traumatic and people letting go of all this dark energy. And there were some that were doing that, that, that were transcending pain and transcending dark stuff. And you could tell, right? They were screaming and howling and the journey guides would come over and howl with them and, you know, mm. and bang the drums and help them scream and help them cry. And, um, and then others that were just dancing and ecstatic and oh yeah i laughed and giggled and just loved everything that i was seeing mm -hmm. it was amazing i really thought that that sort of experience would put me into a trance state right instead i just felt present yeah yeah i just felt present so it was oh, it was so amazing yeah and that's the the one for me that uh, that i took away too was and i did a lot of one of the things I can only do if I'm super present is to to dance, mm -hmm. right? And I was and and when I say dance, if you picture the um, late '60s Grateful Dead sort of swaying sort yeah. of thing, that's what I do. Yeah. Plus, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, did a lot of dancing, and and like you said, I was very present for the five hours that we were in there. Um, it was very rare that my mind wandered into being somewhere else like thinking about work or thinking about how the classes went or travel or anything like that right uh so very you're like you said a very present mm -hmm. um i remember having a cup of tea during the uh during the dance and just a how present i was yeah the well it was arizona iced tea oh okay but just being how present that was just for that um and it was neat that after I got my hooks taken out, that it still lasted a little while uh, after I had my hooks taken out. And I still had that sense of connectedness to mm -hmm. the group and everyone. So it was, it was absolutely amazing. I really, like I said, I really expected to trance and, you know, and blah, 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 and maybe go on a journey. And I could tell that some people were doing that. Right. But instead, yeah, it was the dancing and just the, the screaming. And I mean, I had a, I had a great time. And even when, um, I danced and swayed and, and everything. And even when I finally decided to get the hooks taken out, um, I went over and the person that took them out, they're like, are you sure you're ready? The drums are ramping up again. And I'm like, no, I, I think, I think I'm done. And it wasn't because of the pain right? I had really adjusted to pulling on them and pulling more and more and more pressure. And um, so it wasn't the pain of the hooks being in. It's just that you kind of get to this energy spot where it's like, okay, I'm done. I've done five hours. I've done whatever. Right, and, right. and I'm just done. And I just want to relax. And so I went over to um, one of the guys that was taking them out and, uh, and uh, he was amazing. He was amazing taking them out. And as he took them out, there's there, you have your it's a different sort of feeling, right? Because your skin has tried to heal up around these hooks. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little tugging to get them out. And I just giggled. Oh, my God. Each time he, he got one out, I giggled. And, and it was just this joy. So it, it was really amazing. And then after having them out, I thought, and this is what I'd pictured before the hook pulling, was I thought I was going to spend time meditating, mm -hmm. you know, just sitting down and, um, and meditating. And after the hooks came out, I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go sit on our robes and I'm just going to sit on the edge of all of this and um, meditate, right? Got the hooks out, walked out of the hook area and went, fuck that. And went and just sat, right? Well, danced with you for a little bit mm -hmm. after I got them out. So dance and swayed with you. And then, um, sat in front of the drums as they ramped up again and was just, I kept my eyes open, watching people, watching the drummers, watching the drummers' faces. It's just, it was fantastic. Oh, very cool. So, do you want to do it again? That would be, you know, and that's the, the real question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I hopefully we'll have the opportunity to go back to Southwest Leather conference next yes, year. Yes, love the event. And if not, there are other opportunities to do flesh hooks type thing. But let's just say for Dance of Souls, would you do it again next year? 
I think I would do it again. But I do have a question for Elwood, and I'm going to ask him on FET. Um, at the very end, not that I was expecting this, but at the very end, I happened to glance over to where some people were uh, meditating and, you know, just chilling, and I saw the, the, a girl sitting at her guy's feet. And I'm like, oh, maybe she's giving him a blowjob. And I'm like, no, she's just kneeling at his feet. Wait a minute. There's no sex or anything going on. I've been in here for five hours and haven't realized that there is no sex going on. Right? There's no boob play. There's no, there's no blowjobs. There's mm -hmm. nothing. It's all about the energy of the hooking. So I want to ask Elwood why that is or if there's other events where... I mean, no one ever told me it wasn't allowed. It just didn't seem like it was a, a theme of the event. or And like I said, never crossed my mind until I actually saw someone kneeling later. Mm -hmm. And um, so I want to ask him if, if that is ever involved with the hooking. Because I think that would be hot too. But anyway, would I do it again? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I would. Is it a craving yet? No, but I actually like how I felt cleansed. I think I felt cleansed. I'm still feeling the joy of it. And to me, cleansed is probably the only word that okay. describes how f fresh and new I feel. Yeah. It, it's funny because somebody asked me, um, you know, more than one person asked me if I enjoyed the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's really it's, uh, difficult to answer that because I enjoy getting in the hot tub when it's snowing outside. That's mm -hmm. what I enjoy. And this was a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. So did I, in, you know, I'm going to, I guess now I can step back and say, yeah, I enjoyed it, but there's a lot more to it than that. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I think I'd do it again. Well, there you go. Well, let's ask Elwood if he's going to do it. Awesome. Still sitting here at Southwest Leather Conference. So, Dawn, one of the things that we came across in our run bag was something called Edge Walkers. And they have a really cool logo, and I've seen a couple of people walking around. Mm -hmm. uh, Edge Walkers, I've, I've heard, is a passionate group of ritual practitioners. But instead of reading a little piece oh, of paper, I was read it. <laughs> we have, if I understand correctly, the founder. Yes. The founder of Edgewalkers with us tonight, uh, Elwood. So thank you for joining us on the podcast here. Thanks for having so, me. And we actually met you a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was it Looper Collier, maybe? Oh, that was or? eight. That's a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that would have been four or five years ago, oh, maybe longer for than us. that since I was at Looper. So, yeah. well, it was yeah. somewhere over here in this area. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it was Dallas or something. I don't know. We all get around. <laughs> we all do get around. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit about Edgewalkers. So, Edgewalkers was an idea that came from this conference um, quite a while ago. And it was uh, Kozen came up with this idea. And he said, we should have a group of people that can facilitate body ritual anywhere in the world. And I was like, that sounds great. And they said, great, are you willing to make this happen? As Kozen is famous for <laughs> passing those paintbrushes out. And I, it took, it took a long time to work out the logistics of it. And I had other commitments at the time. We finally figured out that the original idea of having a group of people that could travel everywhere would be cost prohibitive and Fe not feasible at all. Okay. So we changed it up and instead set up annual gatherings in various cities. And we're in, uh, so the first year we were in two cities. We were in Edmonton and Vancouver, both in Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been expanding since then. So 2018 is our sixth year and we are now in. Vancouver, Vancouver Island, Seattle, Phoenix, uh, Alberta, Texas, um, New Orleans, Atlanta, both being added this year. We're working on, we uh, have a, a location that we just recently lost in Santa Cruz, so we're working on getting that back and uh, working on locations for Chicago and San Diego and there's interest in Europe and the South Pacific, so it's just 
been growing ever since. So for our sixth year to be from that humble beginnings of two two cities and thirty some odd people to now over three hundred people are part of Edgewalkers and it just keeps growing. Right. So, so what is the purpose of Edgewalkers? It's so Edgewalkers is not a kink group. There are a lot of kinky people who are part of Edgewalkers, but it's not specifically a kink group. It's the practice of modern primitive, of phrase Fakir Musafar coined in the 80s, of people that in a modern context practicing supposed ancient ritual. Mm -hmm. Things like firewalking in sweat lodge and uh, flush hook suspensions and hook pulls and things like that. And it's uh, just a group of people that create a safe space, support each other, create a tribal family and, and work together towards being there for each other. Nice. The yeah. pictures I was looking at, you were just uh, doing the hospitality lounge yeah. and you had the slideshow going on of what yeah. you guys do. And I only caught the last end of it and it was mostly the flesh hook. So, but you do do other things like oh, yeah. the sweat lodge and yeah. the fire walks. And, One of the, the big nice. things is we, we have access to all of these rituals, but our, what we do in any given weekend is based on who is present that has the rights to do this. It's not a case of, like, sweat lodge, for example. I know how to run a sweat lodge. Right. I have not been given the rights to run a sweat lodge. Okay. If nobody is on site that's been given those rights, we're not doing a sweat lodge. How do you get the rights to do that? Um, an elder has to pass it on to you, and in a uh, uh, the, the context of native ceremony, there's very strict ways that these things are passed on. Okay. So it really depends on what the ritual is, is how it gets passed <laughs> on, and uh, things like that. It's, it's all based on where, where it comes from and, and what, what the elders of that belief or that, that background. So I kind of thought that's the way it worked, yeah. but yeah, I was just making sure. This was a... And here we are interviewing in the middle of a hallway. And yeah, yeah, yes. But that's the way things go. So, can I say, oh, cool. That's a cool sound. I'm an edge walker now. Boom. So, the way that we work it is uh, because the things that we're doing are really intense and really want people to feel safe doing what we do. The first year that we're in a new location, it's open to anyone that's heard of us and wants to be part of this. Mm -hmm. After that, somebody has to vouch for you. Wow. So established cities like Phoenix is an established location. Anyone that wants to become part of that Phoenix family has to have someone vouch for them. We get away from the idea of spectators and things like that. Everyone that's there, you're witnesses are an integral part of what we do they're the ones that tell the stories of what's happened mm -hmm. so there's no casual observers witnessing is not a casual thing right. it's an active thing so everyone that's there we need to be able to trust each other we need to be able to suspend ego and and get deep with each other and mm -hmm. if it's open to the public you can't do that right so so how do you get, I mean, you're, you're talking about cultivating trust and everything, but um, like for me to trust someone to put hooks in me, I want to know they're trained. Mm -hmm. So how do they go about getting trained? you guys teach each other? So do you bring people in? Within Edgewalkers, mm -hmm. um, the, there's, there's certain rituals where like I can't train. So we've got people like Stormy has the rights to do a sweat lodge through his, his tribes. If he's there, he can do a sweat lodge. He can choose to train people in his sweat lodge based on what his beliefs are and okay. what, what his elders have decreed he's able to do. With piercing, I am actively training other piercers and we've got um, a standards, we're, we're revamping all of our training for 2018 mm -hmm. in our piercing standards that are going to be across the board for anyone that is piercing in Edgewalkers will have, have to maintain this standard and it's being monitored by a group of us. Hmm. And we are actively trying to pass those skills on so that as we continue to grow, 
I can't be in every place at once. Right. So right. having other people that can take that up and carry on what we're doing. So is it a, is it a spiritual practice? It is spiritual as defined by the individual. Mm. And spiritual is such a broad topic and some people shy away from that word. It's really, I mean, a flogging can be a spiritual practice. Oh, it yeah. comes down to what is your intent going into it? We present everything in a spiritual and ritual format, but that doesn't mean that we also don't have a whole lot of fun doing what we're doing. Mm. Spiritual and ritual do not mean serious and boring. Um, because we cultivate this, this foundation of trust and get to know each other really well, there's certain catchphrases that have emerged over the years of like, what could go wrong? <laughs> or, or, things like that safety third ish like <laughs> stuff like that because we can push those limits and, and delve deeper into some of this stuff and still have a lot of fun with it mm -hmm. so, this is pretty amazing stuff this is deep stuff so yeah. this is uh th this is oh never mind i'm going through some spiritual stuff yeah, yeah. myself this weekend and, yeah. and thinking maybe i need to go that way when i crave going this way and then reading that that we right. found in the bag going, no, that's, that's the way. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. why we did that. <laughs> so how important is it that if, if you're doing an activity, an edgewalker activity, that it is yep. transformative versus, like you said, a flogging can be cathartic and transformative. Yeah. It could also just, just be, be a flogging. It could just be a flogging. Yeah. So can a, a hook pull just be a hook pull? Yeah. Just for fucking fun. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean... But is it an edgewalkers thing then? Or do you say, let's, let's not make it an edgewalkers thing because you're not doing it for you know, transformation. And that's where you start off. getting into like a fine line and what those distinctions are. Mm -hmm. I've seen, like with hook pulls with edgewalkers, as, as an example of one thing, a hook pull at a conference, we have a set time we have to be out of there. We have a set time that we have access to the place. We have... Uh, a bunch of people that have paid their money to show up and they have an expectation yeah. and we have to get out of here at a certain point. With Edgewalkers, it's we have nowhere else to be. We, we're done when it either gets dark or we're done. And within that, you can have amazing, cathartic, transformative experiences at the same time as total stupidity going on. And going from one to the other and very fluidly transferring between these things, because you've got six, seven, eight hours to do these things, and we encourage people, when you're pierced, commit to the experience and see it through for the day. Hmm. Not see it through for half an hour, okay, I'm done, we'll take these out. Because you thought you were done and you sit with it for a while, an hour later you're like, wait a minute, there's this thing going on. I want to be part of that, and I'm going to jump in there. So it's, spiritual is our basis, but spiritual doesn't mean that you can't have fun and just do stupid shit at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, a lot of it is, what is your intent going in? Your intent going in doesn't mean that that's going to be the end result coming out. Your intent going in is, where you are at the beginning of that day. The actions of the day, the energy of the day, and everything that goes on is going to continually alter that intent. And that intent can change from, I need to get over this horrible thing that happened, and to, I'm just going to laugh my ass off for right. the next hour. To somebody watching is one more or less serious than the other. As a facilitator, those moments of pure joy are what recharge me so that I have the energy to help mm, that person yeah. that's going through that really deep thing. Because we have that full day experience to do that, you've got this constant cycle of highs and lows cycling through and everyone feeding off of each other and supporting where it's needed but then feeding off of where it's needed and just it, it ends up being this living thing for the day one of the things that's been that I've had told to me by good I have a friend who's a psychologist yep and he says one of the things that pisses him off is Joe Joe Schmo 
says, oh, I do cathartic scenes. And I'm going to help you get through whatever your past baggage is, just childhood yeah. trauma via yeah. this flogging, right? And he says, look, you can't, that's not a thing a non-trained person should do in half an hour. Do you ever have any kind of resistance like that that says the transformations you're, you're trying to drive people through, you're not, a hook pull isn't a, re, is a solution to childhood drama. No, trauma. and we've, we've never claimed that it is. But a hook pull can change your perspective and help you cope with what you are coping with. We don't say that we're a replacement for professional help. There are times where I've talked people out of trying to do something for the wrong reason. Mm. Somebody saying, I need to do this suspension because somebody touched me in my bathing suit area. I'm like, that's great. The suspension's not going to change that. The suspension's not going to help you with that. The suspension is going to give you that chance to get some anger out. That suspension is going to give you that chance to um, change your, your perspective on things but it's not professional help. And if you need professional help for any of this stuff, you need to do that. I, I it almost looks like an interview. It, it is. is an interview. And I will say, this is the only <laughs> conference where you can be doing an interview about hook pulls and, and see a monk go by. And Chan monk walk by. So that's interesting. He likes to get hook pulls. Right? He, he likes, likes to, to get, get hook pulls. Well, that's Brown awesome. is the new black. That's what Chan keeps saying. So let me ask you, have you actually seen an, ex or could you have any, stories where you know of, and I don't want to break anybody's anonymity or make a story out, but can you mm -hmm. say, you know what, two years ago I met Bob, and Bob's been going through these rituals, and now Bob's a new person. He's grown, and he's this, you know, it's actually, you've seen effective yeah. transformation. I have seen that uh, repeatedly. I've seen those, uh, those one guy in Edgewalkers who the, we did a suspension for him and he cried for the first time in his life, letting some emotion come through. It was the first time, and that wasn't what he expected going into it. But it led to a perspective for him to explore that further. And in the ways that he's done that, he was able to reconnect with his family. He was able to... Um, connect with a part of his culture and heritage that had been kind of pushed aside, mm. the change in him is unreal. And I can speak for myself. I mean, in this position that I'm in of being the supposed leader of Edgewalkers, which I don't like that role kind of thing, I, I lean heavily on many, many people. This is not a one-man show. Uh, we've worked very hard to make Edgewalkers that is not reliant on one person. But uh, I know for me the change has been that I try to live my life outside of an Edgewalkers event in a way that my tribe and my family in Edgewalkers will be proud of what I do mm. and stand by what I do. That 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 force behind me keeping me you know it's like well if I do this is this gonna affect them are they gonna look down on me for some stupidity that I've pulled in most cases we embrace the stupidity <laughs> we have a a thing where we say when you fuck up own it not mm -hmm. if everyone's gonna fuck up we're humans it's going to happen at some point when it happens own it deal with it move on get over it and just move on yeah and living with that taking that on to and seeing that not just with me but with all vast majority of the people where we take that on and that's how we are living our lives outside of edgewalkers so it is something that it's it's great to say we have these weekend things but it is way beyond that mm-hmm so being well he just answered one of them um, so being in Columbus, Ohio, where yep. I'm from, if I was interested in this, is it a possibility to be part of this? Yeah. Or would I have to, I'm assuming I would have to travel at some point to meet up with people to yep. actually participate in it. So we've got two new locations coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got 
uh, New Orleans, mm -hmm. and we've got Atlanta this year. So those are, because they're new locations, they're open. Anyone that wants to come can. Right. What we find is the people that come to those first ones are people that have heard about what we're doing right. and are eager to show up. The largest Edgewalkers gathering we've ever had was 68 people. Mm. So it's a smaller group. Like, we've got a couple hundred here this weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a way smaller group, so we get to know each other a lot quicker, a lot oh, better, yeah. a lot more in-depth. Um, they're camping weekends, so we're living in the middle of nowhere for however long these things, three to four days. Um, we're having, the, the locations themselves become a character of what we're doing. We, uh, we have people that have come to these things and then said, you know what, I want to bring this to my home. Mm -hmm. I know people where I live that need this, and that's how this has been spreading. Mm -hmm. Do you always do it outside? We've done one indoors in Calgary in mm -hmm. February. Yeah, Calgary <laughs> in February. I can see. Outdoors. That is a different we've, ritual. We've been, right? we've been in Edmonton yeah. in we February. Could do a dog it's pole, just, yeah. Dog, dog sled hook pole, but that's yeah. a whole other thing. That's about it. I'm, I'm sitting here with the gears turning, trying to yeah, figure yeah. out how to get you to Columbus, Ohio. But yeah. in actuality, our county yeah. not allowed to pierce skin unless you're licensed by Ohio. So we would have to find something that's outside a, that's of That's an county. interesting. <laughs> but that's not. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things that we get trapped by, or, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not the extent of edge walkers. No. It's, oh, so there's no piercings. So what would you bring to Columbus, Ohio? Um, we have a building, so if we did it inside. So in Canada, we had a city, Winnipeg, that uh, had a bunch of bylaws that you couldn't mm -hmm. do piercing and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, it was within the city of Winnipeg. Winnipeg has a ring road around it. You cross that road, you're no longer in Winnipeg. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. So there's that possibility of like, mm -hmm. where's that, where's, where's that, that imaginary line, line in the yeah. dirt that this when you move five feet one yep. way, there's that possibility. Or there's, I mean, for me, Edgewalkers is about that social connectivity and 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 getting to know people. The rituals are secondary. Okay. We've we can do fire walks, we've got sweat lodges, we can do other things. Piercing is one that's accessible for a lot mm -hmm. of people. Hook poles bring a lot of people together. Uh, sweat lodge brings a lot of people together. Mm -hmm. Suspensions tend to be more solitary, but the way that we do it is one person is up and the tribe is there to support them. And because our biggest one has been under 70 people, it's not an unreal thing to right, have that right. many people around. Right. So there's always possibilities. So well, one more question for you, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Tomorrow, you're involved in Dance of Souls. Yes, indeed. Is it an Edgewalker event, or are you just involved in it? So Dance of Souls with uh, um, this, how I got involved with Southwest Leather is in 2006, I got a phone call from Master Burt and Slave Nadine they said, we asked Fakir to come and help with the Dance of Souls, and Fakir said, call Elwood. So I showed up, and I sat down, and I pierced people for the day. And in 2007, they said, we want you to come back. And I said, I will come back if I get control of the piercing and, and give me control of everything that goes on on the piercing side of things okay and there was some resistance to that and I said here's the deal if it doesn't work you never have to have me come back but if it works then we're gonna work together to make this something great right that first year we pierced 60 people in it took us like almost three hours to pierce 60 people the second year we pierced 80 people in an hour and a half now we have like 180 people in the room. Everyone has the opportunity to get pierced. Piercing takes about an hour and a half to two hours. We've got this, and it's just been this, for the past decade, we've been working on these systems and building up the skills, training people, getting systems in place to streamline everything as much as possible. Dance of Souls is something that I am so proud to have been involved in, and a lot of how I modeled Edgewalkers came from how I worked on making Dance of Souls what it was. Mm, and nice. I had a big hand in Dance of Souls, but I definitely did not do that alone. 
there are a lot of moving parts with this thing and a lot of people have been involved over the years. But uh, I, I'm really proud of the work that I've done with this and how I was able to use that amongst other things that I've done to put together what Edgewalkers was hmm. and, and is now. Yeah. Very nice. So what, do you, what would you say to somebody who on one hand very much resonates with the to to really understand an experience you have to experience the experience mm -hmm. and on the other hand feels this great sense of flight yeah get the fuck out of here <laughs> right? right you know yeah. are we speaking personally Yo, here? we're speaking I personally by the fucker hell I yeah know. <laughs> you know? i was going to ask him so tell us all about it and i'm like no no no, 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 no. I'll, so, I'll wait till tomorrow but, so it's do just... you do you say well look if you're still feeling this fear and this flight then it's not time or do you say Suck it up, buttercup, and here, hook. You know what I tell people is, ultimately, if if so, this is tomorrow, and I'm I'm right. talking to you. You're 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 contemplating doing this. We're at the dance of souls, and my advice to you is, ultimately, Monday, you're gonna wake up, and you're gonna live with the decision that you make on Sunday. Fuck you. you wake up, if you wake up Sunday and you go, I'm really glad I did not get pierced, then you made the right decision. Yeah. But if you wake up and you regret it, then you had that opportunity and you let it go, you're the one that has to live with that decision. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Right. What do, I mean, what do we teach people? You're going to wake up and it's the stuff that you didn't do that you end up regretting more right. than the stuff you yeah. did do. And it's like, but still get that feeling of, flight right our yeah. first um our first experience in the bdsm world was we went to this big fetish party right where there was hook pulls and cuttings and all this stuff yeah. and we're like what did we get ourselves into and now it's 18 years later and we still haven't done something like that and we have the opportunity and still want to run right <laughs> still want to run things that scare the hell out of me too i mean People look at some of the extreme stuff that I've done, and they go, oh, there's, there's nothing scares you. There's stuff that scares all of us. The trick is pick and choose. Choose your battles, right? Mm -hmm. If you're truly terrified of something, sit with that for a minute and figure out what scares you about it. If it's hmm. something that, is it the, the fear of the pain? Is it the fear of your skin ripping? Is it the fear of... What is the fear? What is it that is making you want to run away from it? And just sit with that. Figure out what that fear is. Because until you address what the fear is, it's just this concept of fear, not mm -hmm. an actual focus. And once you understand what that fear is, you can educate yourself. There's a lot of people around that can teach why we do what we do how we do what we do. I can tell you the science behind how, why these things are not gonna do anything other than what we expect. If the fear is pain, well, what are we all doing? Pain is something that you didn't expect. If it's something that you're sitting down in my chair in front of me and you know that this sharp pointy object is going through you, is it pain? Pain to me is non-consensual and unexpected. Pain is getting up in the middle of the night, kicking the corner of your bed on the way to the bathroom. Sensation is something that you want. Sensation is something that you expect. And that sensation can be intense, and that sensation can be strong, but because it's a sensation and you know it's coming, you can work with it. Mm -hmm. You can learn something about yourself from that. Your mindset changes everything. And the, the easiest, kind of most accessible um, comparison for that example of how your mindset changes everything is sex consensual sex good times non-consensual sex years of therapy physically the act does not change very much mm -hmm. but your mindset does I need this chair my friend Thank you very much. No no problem. Problem. It's been I'm fantastic. Joke. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I like play with you guys. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. We're doing an interview here. Yeah, no okay. problem. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I like you guys. You know, you're being nice. Okay. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you're Thank you, you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, you stay all the night here. You need more. Let me know. I bring you more. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, you so. Bring us a private 
Apple Studio. Studio. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's and okay. I, it's kind of neat. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you like the the what I love about doing these things in these kinds of settings is just who drops by yeah. that yes. are unplanned, <laughs> unscripted, just those moments are, you know, that's... That was a when, hotel person saying right? we love yeah. you, hotel right? person <laughs> loves us. So if you've ever doubted coming to Southwest Leather, the hotel loves us. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Elwood, thank you very much for your time. Thank and you. I am very... Uh, I know that you kind of... I perceive that you're resisting a little being called the leader of this group. You should be the leader. You're very well spoken. You're very passionate about it. This was and that's very great. important to have somebody that I get people that. can turn to and say, yeah. you know what, Elwood can speak for us because he, he's passionate and he's a good speaker. Thank you. So we appreciate that I get much. that. It's just that, that you know, it's Edgewalkers is not just me and I don't want it to be seen as just me. I will get up and talk about it all day, but none of this happens because of me. It happens because there's a really great group of us that that step up when we need to and I my resistance to it is I end up getting the credit for stuff that there's a lot of other people involved so yeah. I just really like yeah. to make sure that those other people get acknowledged for what they do. So just to wrap up this interview if you yeah. do me a favor and look over your shoulder and, and tell our audience what you see <laughs> Wow <laughs> So there is a furry, yeah, a furry wolf in a wheelchair. <laughs> Dry skunk, sir. Skunk. Skunk. Nice. Reeling by. I couldn't smell you coming. I didn't know you were a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> Only you're the, you're the nicest skunk ever. <laughs> Only at Southwest Leather. Only here. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Take, toss us a dollar by heading over to the www.eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on Patreon button. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe and the song is Whim. The official EA twatter at the moment is Andy. The person we've seen most recently is Mr. Brent, Slave Dina, and Master Jason. And many others. Too bad I lost my little red notebook. Aww. The current sender of tentacles is Jay-Z. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast, who we'll be seeing very soon. And the official food that goes on boobs is lactating cupcakes. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dawn.